I'm taking my coat off, and I, and I want to warn you, if you think I'm mad today, I'm not. But I am going to fight hell today, if you don't mind. Because hell has too much of a hold on too many people's hearts and minds, even though they go to church every Sunday. Okay? I, I, first thing I want to tell you is, next Sunday, we will do something different. There are two sermons that I want everybody to hear sometime. And one of them is indescribable by Louis Giglio. And you will love this. It's a video presentation. Uh, a couple of uh, young people from the school will be coming to do the uh, worship time. And then uh, it, it, it's just a powerful, powerful um, um, uh, presentation of the gospel. And, it, and it's, 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 he's, he has a very scientific mind, and, and, he, and he talks about the whole universe and, and all that God made and all that. It, it, it's just a wonderful sermon, so you don't want to miss that, okay? It will be a little different because it's video, but it, it, it's really, really awesome, and I'm going to put things together where board members and different ones will be praying and, and doing different aspects of the service. Um, this week, I, 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 was, I was given blood, down to the center. We were talking about Jim and, and his brother and everything. And, and um, there was a lady there, and she was telling me about her church. She was telling me about her church. And I'm going to be honest, the longer she talked, the more agitated and frustrated and angry I became. It... it, it did you ever have regurgitation come up in your throat? Well, let me help you with something. You say, oh, that's gross. Well, in Revelation, it says that lukewarmness makes Jesus sick. Right? Does it make you sick or do you kind of like it? Because then nobody challenges you upwardly. You see, I like them preachers on TV. Just tell me that no matter what I'm doing, no matter where I'm at, I'm good. I got got regurgitation back in my throat. Folks, you weren't created for spiritual or church mediocrity. You were created for the excellence of God because you were created in His awesome Image. Amen. Somebody needs to get happy. Where's my hanky? I had a hanky in here. Thank you, honey. You were created to kind of lope in, lope out. Got to make the donuts. Got to go home. You weren't made for that. You were made to do something great for God. And if you're not doing it, you're living in sin. During my prayer, and as I sit down thinking, man, I'm being attacked by Satan. I'm not being attacked by Satan. I am under the glory of God's grace through the person of his Holy Spirit to say, church, you've got to wake up. We are not 
getting it done. And I'm not talking about the church up the street. I'm talking about this one. I'm not mad at you. I love you. But I'm going to scream. I'm like a coach. I want you to understand something. Most of us here have no idea what God's will is for our lives. We've all got it. I'm busy. Everybody's busy. Well, you know, I, this excuse, that is, kids, quit. Stop. Oh, he's not nice. I, I never claimed to be nice. If you don't know why you're here, then you don't know why you're here. Chew on that one for a while. If you're just drifted through life and you're just making God this little additive in your life, you need to understand you're not in Christ. You need to understand, God's word says that those who know me do the will of the Father. Let's trace that back. If I don't know the will of the Father, I can't do the will of the Father. If I'm not doing the will of the Father, I don't know Jesus Christ. Oh, Pastor, I'm going to go home and turn Joel on because he's nice. Listen to what I'm saying. Your pastor is warning you. You were created with a call. You were created with gifts. If you ain't using them, we always talk to people who are living together. Oh, you're living in sin. Let me help you with something. If you're not doing God's will, you're living in sin. Oh, but I go to church. Big, hairy deal. So does the devil. Boy, he's kind of in a mood today. No, I'm just speaking truth because we need some dynamite. Because we got a lot of good going on around this church, but I ain't so sure we got a lot of God going on around this church. We ain't got that same foolishness where preachers and people are being torn apart. But I ain't calling this God yet because I don't see people getting saved. I don't see unity. I don't. I see us trying to keep an organization together. I don't see the organism God's Holy Spirit working in us yet. And don't be blaming anybody else. If you want to be a Christian, you want to be a mortal Christian, you're going to ask yourself as a man or woman of God, what am I doing about that? Well, I don't like this, I don't like that. Grow up and become the man or woman God created you to be in the first place. Yesterday, the funeral that um, Russ was talking about, once again, I go in this church, and please don't tell them I said this. 
But I was agitated and aggravated. This church has diminished to the point they can't even use their sanctuary. This church has diminished to the point everything in there is old and and decrepit looking. And I was like, gross. And here where this young man was who had been under the ministry in the church of Nazarene in that church. And that boy was lost. He can lay that I'm real and crap on. But the bottom line is the boy was lost. Does anybody care? Does anybody care? Does anybody care? Do we care about the lost? Do we care? I ain't quitting until somebody says yes. Do you have lost loved ones? Do you know that not only one day will they go to hell and burn for eternity, but don't you know that they're under the auspices of Satan and in hell already? Do we know this? Or are we playing this little, mediocre, nothing church game where we come, we go through the motions, we go home? Big deal. I'm not mad at you. I'm trying to lead you. That is love. You have to understand. Too many of us have no idea of who you are in Christ. You don't know what you're about, where you're going, or why. And then you're wondering why you're not living in power. You wonder why you're not living in peace. You're living in power and peace because you're not doing the will of the Father. You're not living the life that you were created to live. You're not the man or woman God created because you're too busy doing church stuff. Forget church stuff. Are you the man and woman that God would have you to be? If not, man, you need to get it right. You say, well, pastor, I I was saved when I was three. I don't know what happened, but something happened. The bottom line is you need to get it right. And everybody around you needs you to get it right. Men, I believe this church is poised on the precipice. I'll get it right. Of the greatness that God intends for his church. I did not say we're there. I said we're poised for it. But there's also a battle going on. And I keep saying, look around and see who's not here. They're losing. They didn't miss church. They're losing. And my question is, you that are supposedly mature, do you care? Do you care? We got to care, man. We got to grow, man. We got to get our heads out of the world and back where God would have them to be. Amen? You see, I'm tired of seeing churches that are diminishing to where they can't even use their sanctuary because they don't have the money to turn the lights on. What is that all about? 
I'm tired of our young people coming up in our churches. And the next thing you know, they're in the world and they're lost. And we don't care. We need to care. Amen? We need to care, man. I'm tired of seeing people who come for a little bit in and out, up, down. And I understand work. I understand vacation. I understand all that. But the bottom line is, man, you've got to find your place. You've got to find God's place for you. And you need to do it. Because there you will find the joy everybody's looking for. Amen? I want you to hear this. I want you to understand this. This is so important. This month is called, So Now What? I feel like there's so many people, they're kind of on the precipice. They're like, okay, I'm experiencing it, man. So now what? I'm ready. You know, we need to get past talking about it and get to doing it. Amen? We need to get past talking about the greatness that I want to be and get to be in the greatness that God created you for. Amen? I want you to understand, uh, uh, Russ asked me yesterday, he said, now, now, we were talking about some of this, and I, he's like, so what next? And I'm going to be honest with you, folks, I don't know. Because everything I've tried to start in this church has just gone, bah, 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 bah. and I'm kind of like, I ain't doing that anymore. If this is all you want, Okay. But you see, I was equipped for this. I was equipped to train you to be that greatness. But I can't do that in 30 minutes on Sunday morning. But we're so busy in the world, we ain't got time for more. Or we're so grumpy, whatever. I want you to understand something. God's got so much for you, man. God's got so much to fill you with. God's got so many ways to use you. Are you ready? So now what? So now what? Let's talk about the church for a minute, ladies. When Jesus came to the region of um, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Not Manus, but I'm not sure what Manus is. Do we have an interpreter? No, I'm just kidding. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, my grandson, um, and, and, and still others, Jeremiah or, the one, or one of the prophets. But Jesus said to you, he asked, it's okay, honey. And I'm asking you, who do you say I am? Who is he to you? You see, this is the real key to your spiritual life. How you truly understand and connect with Jesus Christ. This is so important. Next, honey. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the Son. Of the living God. 
Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father. Who do you say he is? What does your life say he is? What does your mind say he is? What does your heart say he is? What does your soul say he is? You see, this is so important. We need to ask ourselves, who do I, what do I really believe about Jesus? Who do I really believe he is? If we believe he's a nice story, okay, you know, well, he's fire insurance. That way I don't go to hell. Okay. I want you to understand something. Jesus wants to be the almighty living God in your everyday life. He wants to be the Messiah. He wants to be the son of the dead God. Living God. He wants to be something that's living and animated in you every day. I'm not telling you, here's the thing you need to understand. I don't know where these dudes get it, that if you give your life to Jesus, you ain't going to have any problems. I want you to hear this. If you give your life to Jesus, you have the same amount of problems, probably more. Okay, there's a whole spiritual thing there I don't have time to get into. Here's the cool part. The Messiah... The long-awaited one that comes to give safety and power and salvation and freedom and peace lives in you. So no matter what happens in this crazy world, it's okay. You're all right. Amen? I'm good. I like this one. I'm safe. Because that's what he came to bring. Amen? Christians, is that you? Or are you the same worry warts of the world? Or are you the same people that are, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it, uh, you know, it's going to happen. I want you to hear this. You don't have to be that person. The world is waiting for people who are living with the Messiah, the very Son of God, living within them. Hallelujah. But we've got to ask ourselves, what do I actually believe? How do I actually think? How do I actually decide my life? How am I living my life? When things go bad in my life or things go bad at work or things go bad in my finances or things go bad around me or whatever, How do I live? How do I think? How do I respond? Or do I react just like everybody else? And if we react just like everybody else, we are everybody else. Amen? People of God, Let me help you with something. It doesn't matter what Trump does. 
It doesn't matter what happens in Houston. It doesn't matter what happens in Reading or Muhlenberg. You know what matters? Does the Messiah, the son of the living God, take preeminence in your mind and your heart and your life? Only you can answer that question. But the only way to get to the next part is to answer that part. Who is he? Who is he? Seriously. Is he Messiah? Is he the comforter? Is he the one who comes down and blesses me and helps me and heals me and sets me free and makes me the man or woman that I was created to be? The bottom line is he can be that for you today. You don't have to live and react like everybody else. You can relive, live and react, respond by the power of God. His spirit, his word, his glory. You can have joy in the middle of whatever. You can have power in the middle of whatever. Amen? You can. But you can't do that in spiritual mediocrity. He's either Messiah and the son of the living God in your life, or he's not. Amen? I'm not mad at you. Still love you. You still have to love me to go to heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter. Okay? Now you got to remember, he didn't start out Peter. And on this rock, Petros, Peter, that's who God made him into. And renamed him. There's theology in that. I will build my church. We'll stop right there for a minute. Is God building his church on and through you? Oh, well, you understand. I've been a knucklehead all my life. Anybody here wasn't a knucklehead all their life? Seriously. You know. Well, you know, I've really done some dumb things. I'm the leader in that pack. Amen? Anybody else? I'm the president. I'm the president of stupid. No, I'm serious. You know. You know, don't, don't let those things come on you and, oh, well, I can't because, no. And ain't nobody a bigger knucklehead than Peter. I mean, Jesus had to call him the devil. <laughs> they don't tell, oh, well, you know, I've really done some dumb things. Okay? Stop that stuff. But you know, he came to Jesus as Simon. Jesus turned him into Peter. How about you? I ain't got much to offer. Simon, Peter. I I don't know a lot. Simon, fisherman, no education, Peter. Is anybody with me? You understand what I'm saying? You know, we've got all these, well, you know, I'm not Peter. I'm good. You're starting at a better place then. 
okay? Simon, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. You know what we need in the church are people called pillars. And I love what an author, (laughs) one of the old dudes, a guy named Ravenhill said this week. He, and this was back in the 50s. He said, the problem in the church today, we don't have pillars, we have pillows. And I'm like, oh, that's good. I have to use that one. That's good. Are you a pillar? Are you just here looking for a pillow? Are you a pillar that God can build his church on? Are you a man or woman that no matter what happens around this church, you could, be, you could stand there and say, all hell can come against me, but the bottom line is, his church will stand because I'm here. Amen? I will never allow the things of Satan to happen in this church because I'm a pillar. Is anybody with me? You know? I will be that man. I will be that woman. I will show everyone around me that the greatness that I was created to be, that's how I'm going to live. That's what I'm going to do. Everybody can count on me. Amen? I want you to ask yourself this week, am I a pillar or am I looking for a pillow? Can you be counted on? Or are you just somebody that's all over the place? Okay? Very important for you to ask yourself. And I think this is so important. The last part of this verse says, And the very gates of hell will not be able to overcome or keep you out. I love this part. We may not get to the key part today, but we're going to finish here. You know, at the school, Jen's always worried about bullying. They won't let me teach a class on how to deal with bullies. The state would shut us down. Because you know how I would teach children to deal with bullies? Go tell the teacher. He will pick on you more. I'm sorry, there comes a time... Bullies ain't going away. The big bully is always going to be trying to bully. You know what I mean by the big bully, don't you? Huh? One of these days, by the power of Jesus, you have to punch him in the nose. You ever been hit in the nose? I got hit in the nose one time. I think I hit myself in the nose. I did. I, I was pulling, I was working on and I was hoping nobody was there because I was crying like a girl. No girls, I'm just kidding. But it does, it makes you cry. It makes tears. Oh man, you're, you're disoriented. You're just, you know, you just, you can't function right. I'm sorry, kids. There comes a day when you personally have got to look the big bully in the nose, in the face and punch him in the nose. 
by the power and grace of Jesus Christ. Or you could sit there and go, oh, I hope he doesn't get me today. How's that working out? How's that working out? No, I'm serious. You see why they won't let me teach the class? It would work, but they like doing nothing. You know, they like, they like having big school auditorium things so they can tell everybody not to pick on everybody. That really impacts the bullies. Have you noticed? <laughs> They're like, yeah, baby. You know, until somebody decides, uh-uh, no more. You come at me, and I will punch you in the nose. I will make you cry. See, one of these days, we've got to do that to the devil, the big bully. We've got to quit. Oh, I hope he doesn't get my addiction. Punch him in the nose. Everybody's like, oh, I'm glad the DS isn't here. Ah, the DS would be saying amen. There comes a point where you have to decide in your marriage, no more. Satan ain't coming in here anymore. I'm punching him in the nose. I'm going to make him cry. I'm disorienting him. No more in my life. No more is he coming at that scar. Anybody here got scars or stuff in your life that all he has to, Satan has to do is flick it and you're all crazy again. Anybody else got that? I do. You know, there's just stuff. There comes a day where you say no. No more. You're not coming at me like that. You're not winning in that area of my life anymore. You could take your bullying and you could go back to hell where you belong. But the bottom line is from now on, I'm winning. Because your works were destroyed by the cross of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No more. In your home, in your finances, in your marriage, in your emotions, whatever it might be, the bottom line is you don't have to let the big bully win. Are you with me? You don't have to let the big bully win. There comes a day. See, this has so, been so, um, honey, go back, babe. I'm sorry. What, what this actually says is, is that hell has gates around its territory. See, too often it's been like, oh, I'm going to sit in church. And oh, I hope the devil doesn't get me this week. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Somebody shoot me. No, no, there comes a time where you say, no, 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 he's not coming at me, I'm attacking that dude. The moment I see him, if, if Adam would have done this, we wouldn't have this mess. The moment he comes at my wife, I'm getting a hoe and that snake is dead. You hear what I'm saying? The time he comes at my kids, the TV goes off or the garbage goes off or we do something different. The bottom line is, he ain't getting to my family. No, sir. No, sir. He's not coming at me anymore. He's not coming at my family anymore. He's not coming at anybody in my world and he ain't coming at my church. 
I'm going to be part of a winner. You say, what's that got to do with now what? So now what? It's time for some people to wake up. It's time for some people to join the church. And I ain't talking about membership. I'm talking about spiritually. To decide, you know what? They're my people. They're my body. I'm a hand. That's a foot. If I see somebody going after that foot, they're going down. You hear what I'm saying? You know, when I see a part of my body beginning to die, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes to bring that thing back to life. Are you with me? You know, I'm not going to let Satan win in any area. No more. His gates, which he thinks protect him, his, ain't, his gates ain't nothing for my power through the power of the cross and the resurrection through the person of his Holy Spirit. So guess what? I ain't waiting for him to come after me. I'm going after him. I'm going after him. I ain't sitting around talking about my family not being saved anymore. I'm going after him. I'm not talking about all the junk around me in my life. I'm going after him. I ain't whining no more about how, oh, things offend me. I'm going after him. Amen. I think we'll stop right there. Two weeks, we'll pick it all back up. But I want to get into some stuff interpersonally, individually. Finish this church thing and get into our, our, our lives and our minds and our hearts and our marriages and our homes and who we are in Christ and everything. Folks, we got to raise up. Because we got a drain going on, and the bottom line is, it's called the world, and if the church doesn't raise up in the power of Jesus Christ, the bottom line is nobody's got any hope. Nobody. But we got the power. Amen? We got the glory. We've got everything we need to punch that dude in the nose and win. Amen? So when you go out of here, I promise you, Satan's going to come at you telling, telling you, yeah, but you've lost in the past. You'll probably lose in the future. Punch him in the nose. Amen? Are you with me? Let's all stand. We're just going to close in prayer. Our Father, I don't know what this means for everybody. But I know this was your sermon for today. I know in my life, in my own life, there's certain things that I battle with and I struggle with. No more. I'm going to win. I know around me, my family, my friends, my people in my neighborhood, some of them are losing. No more. By the power of prayer and in whatever way you lead me, I'm going to punch Satan in the nose. I'm going to make that boy cry. Father, I pray that we would not see this as a violent sermon. But that we would see this as a call from God. 
to stand in the gap and intercede for every person around us and ourselves. And that we would become the people that lead this crazy world out of this mess to your love, to your grace, to your power. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you.